And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. It is season five, episode 14. It is postseason time. Yep, that's right. It is time for the postseason here in the land of NAI ball. And we are absolutely thrilled to bring you every step of the way. All of this, of course, is brought to you by our friends over at Off Speed Athletics. And when it comes to building the brand, nobody does it better than our friends over at Off Speed Athletics who can provide you with everything you need for your program, practice gear, uniforms, pants. I mean, just about anything. You can give Anthony a call. He'll help you out. That's for every single level, youth, high school, collegiate team, Offspeed Athletics will help you with all of your uniform needs. So if you haven't done it already, and you should have done it already, do us a favor. Just check them out on Twitter and Instagram at OffSpeedATH. That's at OffSpeedATH. Take a moment right now. Visit their work. Check them out. www.OffSpeedAthletics.com. OffSpeedAthletics.com. Shoot Anthony a DM. You know, give him a, talk to him a little bit. You know, pick his brain about stuff. He's going to, you know, he'll give you a really good deal. Give the guy a DM, shoot him a message, tell him you heard it here on the NAI Ball podcast. Help the people who support us and check out Off Speed Athletics. That's Off Speed Athletics. It is the official title sponsor of NAI Ball podcast. Folks, we have an absolutely fantastic show for y'all here. It is postseason time, it is conference tournament time. Cody, there's only about four episodes left in the year, this being one of those four. But we are absolutely thrilled to jump into this. What we've got for you this week is we're going to dive right into it, go straight into the NAI ball, hitter, pitcher, and team of the week. Then after that, we've got, you know, some host site review and rundown. And then we will go into every single conference tournament. We will run it down, winners, qualifiers, and the dark horse as well as giving you both Cody and my predictions for these tournaments. Super excited about this one. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in the foremost authority on NAI baseball, Mr. Cody Butler. Cody, baby, what's going on today? And if, if you could choose a intro song this week, what would it be? Oh man, that's going to be super tough. Put me on the spot again. No heads up whatsoever. I, you know what? And I'm not even going to lie. I thought about this. You know what would we go with? And and I was listening to Spotify and you know, with just kind of shuffling and it came up and I thought, wow, that would be the greatest intro song of all time. Uh for free, DJ Khaled and Drake. Uh I'll be honest, don't know it. Not not a fan. Not I'm gonna not, want you to check it out after the after this episode. Somebody out there is gonna get it and it's gonna be glorious. Uh, but other than that, Cody, man, it, it is finally playoff baseball time, and we've seen a lot of games already. Teams have already been eliminated when we're talking about this show when we're doing the show when we're recording the show uh, as we're recording this a day later as I was in Dallas for a former teammate's wedding so you know a little bit later than normal man but really excited to jump into this stuff yeah I mean this is it you know it's time to play your best baseball time for us to do our best podcast uh, it's definitely going to be our longest show uh, we're going to CG this week I believe it and as we're stretched out we're ready to roll and I'm excited everyone's 0-0 1-0 maybe if you're in the GSAC 0-1 if you're in the AMC something like that but 
basically everyone's starting fresh, new season online, and I'm looking forward to it. Let's crown champion. So before we get into the show, I want to give a couple of quick uh, mentions and shout outs. First off to Taylor University head baseball coach Kyle Gold, friend of the show, on his 600th career win. A shout out to Mount Vernon Nazarene's head baseball coach Keith Veal on his 1100th career win. Uh, so congratulations, Coach Veal there. A congratulations to Purdue State University head baseball coach Wayne Albury on his 800th career win. A congratulations to St. Francis, Illinois head baseball coach Brian Michelak on his 400th career win. And then a congratulations to Corbin, Oregon head baseball coach Derek Legg on his 100th career win. Cody, a lot of coaching milestones this week. Absolutely. And one more I forgot to send to you uh, during our show prep. Uh, Shane Gardner at Trinity International got his 250th career win. So, yeah, a lot of milestones. Final weekend of the regular season. Uh, you got to get them in while you can, boys. And uh, congrats <laughs> to those coaches. No better time to get your milestones in than the final weekend of the regular season. So let's get into the show. It is the NAI Ball Hitter, Pitcher, and Team of the Week. And we got to tell you that the newest sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast is Pitch Pro. They are the sponsor of the Player of the Week Awards, and they are the leading provider of portable mounds for both USSA baseball and Major League Baseball designed for both indoor and outdoor use. Pitch Pro portable mounds are built for easy storage. They come with a 10-year core warranty. They aren't made from cheap foams. They don't move, and they are lightweight. So do us a favor and check them out on Twitter. It is Pitch Pro by Aeroform Athletics, so you can find them at Aeroform Athletic on Twitter. And on Instagram, that's at Aeroform underscore athletics. Then check out their website, www.aeroformathletics.com. That's www.aeroformathletics.com. PitchPro is a platform provider for the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby every year. So give them a follow and support the people who support us. That's PitchPro by Aeroform Athletics, your home for your next portable mound. Cody, the NAI ball. Hitter of the week is Missouri Valley's Jacob Yates, who had 11 runs, six doubles, four home runs, 14 RBIs, and four stolen bases this week. A special performance for the senior. Uh, Close out the regular season with five multi-hit games. And across the board, just stat stacking. I mean, 10 extra base hits, 14 ribbies, four stolen base, 11 runs. That's just getting it done. Really productive bat at the top of the order. Leadoff guy for Mo Allen. Really, really special week for him. So congratulations to Jacob Yates on winning our NAI Ball Hitter of the Week. The Pitcher of the Week from Southwest Assemblies of God in Waxahachie, Texas, is Ben Bills, who threw a no-hitter versus Bacon with nine strikeouts. Shout out to Ben Bills. Ben Bills is a guy that you know off the name a couple of years now running, a guy I know for a couple of years now running. Uh, one of the better two-way players we have in the league. Uh, really good stuff. Shout out to Sagu, finishing third in the Sooner this what year. How about that, Robbie? What a job Matt's done out there. At Sagu, I mean, just just an absolute job. The easily, this is easily their greatest baseball season in school history. And last but not least, Cody, our team of the week is Mid America Nazarene, four and zero last week, outscoring their competition fifty six to twenty, and they have been on a tear. Yeah, absolutely rolling. Took three of four off Central Methodist a few weeks ago. Were able to jump into first place, and they won eight straight. They closed it out. They're the Hart regular season champions. They've won 10 in a row. They really put themselves in a great opportunity to go back to the national tournament, and uh, they're really deserving. So congratulations to our NAI Ball Hitter of the Week from Missouri Valley. It's Jacob Yates, our NAI Ball Podcast Pitcher of the Week from Southwest Assemblies of God. 
It is Ben Bills and our NAI Ball Podcast Team of the Week, Mid-America Nazarene. Cody, before we get into all of the good stuff, let's go ahead and talk about the 10 opening round host sites. And the first and foremost here, Cody, I'm going to run through them, and then I want your opinion on, on all of it here. So let's jump into this. It is Bellevue out of Bellevue, Nebraska at Don Roddy Field. Bellevue is into the tournament, uh, and they are going to host at their home ballpark. The AAC slash visit Kingsport will host as they traditionally do every year in Kingsport, Tennessee, and that's Hunter Wright Stadium. Recently, in a lot of the years, it has been the Tennessee Wesleyan Invitational. Then we have Georgia Gwinnett. After a year off from hosting, they are back, and the Grizzly Baseball Complex in Lawrenceville, Georgia, will host. LCSC, that's right, you heard me right, hosting an opening round. LCSC, Lewiston, Idaho, USA, Harris Field at Ed Sheff Stadium. The Warriors are in to the national tournament as they qualified this year, no more auto bid to the World Series. They now have a auto bid to the opening round. St. Thomas University in Miami Gardens, Florida at Paul Demi Maneri Field at Frank R. Esposito Stadium. The Bobcats are in. Faulkner University in Montgomery, Alabama will host from Harrison Field, their home ballpark. Oklahoma City University in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma will host at Jim Wade Stadium. Westmont in Santa Barbara, California, will host from Russell Carr Field. LSU Shreveport in Shreveport, Louisiana at Pilot Field will host. And then Taylor in Upland, Indiana at Winter Holder Field. Cody, any real surprises? Because I feel like there's there's not too many here. I actually think it ran pretty chalk, honestly. I think the last two probably, you know, Gwinnett and Taylor. Uh, Gwinnett's probably hosting because of their field this year. Taylor right now, I think region plays a role. I think their incredible facility plays a role. And they've had a really good season to finish second. First place all year, fell late. Out Vernon Azarine went on a run. I'm okay with Taylor. I, mean, I don't know if we want to get into what we discussed off air or not, but I'm good with Taylor. I think the region they're in plays a role. I think their facility plays a role. And when you look at the teams it was coming down to, potentially a Reinhardt, potentially a William Carey, um, I just think moving it out of the south, moving it up north a little bit, you know, I think it's fitting. Taylor hosted a couple of years ago. Indiana Wesleyan hosted last year. I think they did a really good job, so I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll share my thoughts on it. Um, we figured it was going to come down to a campus site. You and I did. Uh, we event, we essentially had two lists. It was the list that we thought would host, and then it was the list that should host. Uh, you know, one was less political than the other. Now, really, what what happens is is that. Um, we were, I was basically nine for 10 on these. The one that I did not have was Taylor. And the whole purpose was it's not because I don't think Taylor's deserving to host or anything like that. But to me, you should host with a path to the tournament, have an automatic path to the tournament, your team that's going to get in. Is Taylor going to probably get in? I mean, 100%. They're, they're going to be the team that I pick in their conference here as the team to either qualify or win their conference tournament. Spoiler alert. But, but should, you know, something happen and they don't, and it comes down to the review, I mean, they're they're in, they're taking away an at-large bid. Were they likely in any way, Cody? We went over this. With the amount of teams from the Sun that are going to get in, with the amount of teams from the GSAC, with the teams, you know, uh, just different conferences, KCAC included, that are going to have bids to the national tournament, 
you're talking about realistically, really, I mean, they're going to say 15 at large bids, but you're really only looking at six to seven. So that's what it comes down to. And what Cinderella stories happen. Now, my choice would have been O'Fallon, Missouri. I know that the committee had issues there because they have uh, field turf issues and they don't allow spikes. And that is a big problem. It is. But in a perfect world, that's what I would have taken because there's zero opportunity to take over an at-large bid from that list. Just looking at this tournament, at this uh, list of host sites here, there are one, two, three, four, I want to say five teams. Bellevue, St. Thomas, Faulkner, OCU, Westmont. That's five teams that come from one bid leagues. So that's five potential at-large bids that are already, you know, possibly up in the air there, cutting the list down from five to ten, uh, which really is 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 something that would be interesting if those teams do not win their conference tournament. The only way to qualify and win those conferences is to uh, win those co- conference tournaments to be the automatic qualifier. Bellevue last year, we thought they were a lock. They were hosting. They were in. And then they drop a game to Mayville State in the championship. They lose that game. And then everything gets turned upside down and you have a team miss because of that. I feel like the last couple of years, it hasn't been the full amount of at-larges that we're looking at. It's really only, you know, six or seven spots total when it's all said and done. Uh, last year, I believe you projected the field correctly outside of USCB. I'm not sure if you actually have them in yours or not. Yeah, the last the last two years that we've had a tournament, 2019 and 2021, I've been off by one team each time. I was 12 for 13 and 11 for 12. Now, the USCB one, I don't know how anyone could have projected that. I, I still don't understand how they made the tournament last year. But, I, I mean, they had one good week of baseball. But that's a hearsay. I think Taylor right now is in a position where if it was like last year, Taylor's in the tournament regardless. That's my view. Now, if it was like two years ago, we had Ben Mesa win 40-something games, and they didn't make it. So it's like it depends mm-hmm. on if the tournaments go chalk or not. That'll all – like we had a kid reach out, and we're going to have multiple of this coming up. We're like, hey, what do you think of our chances being an at-large team? I have no idea until we see these tournaments play out. Like until yeah. we know the automatic qualifiers, all we know right now is 15 teams have punched their ticket. 15 teams. To put it out on Twitter, whether you're a regular season champion with a, with a bid or you're a host site, 15 is making the tournament. That's what we know. The other 31, we're going to find out. Yeah, and that that's where the issue lies. And the other thing we can't do because of the new format is we can't play bracketology with it either because we do not know which sites are going to have five teams, which sites are going to have four. So we Lewiston really, will have four. I'll put that on the record. Lewis will yeah. have four. One million percent, by the way. So, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what, what happens there. Um, and we can't play bracketology. I can't give an opinion on, on who's going where, who's going what. So uh, really will be interesting to see just how these tournaments go you need you if you're a team on the bubble if you're an at-large team in in a one-bid conference that really i mean what you're rooting for this weekend is what the gsac did yesterday and that's chalk so one number one wins number two wins number three wins you know straightforward straight out all the way um just the top seeds going at it because all three of those teams are in at the end of the day to the national tournament. I don't see any reason or rhyme or way that they're not in unless, you know, just insane things happen. And we will get into the possibility of insane things happening as we get ready for our conference tournament rundown. Cody, are you ready to go over every single conference in the nation right now? I'm absolutely ready to do this. 
So we will kick things off with the American Midwest Conference Tournament. It is a one-bid conference. The champion continues their season, and it is held at Car Shield Field in O'Fallon, Missouri. It is happening right now. Two teams have already been eliminated, and a third game is happening as we speak. The 2021 champion was Columbia College, who defeated Missouri Baptist 14-4. The eight teams in this tournament to start with, were the number one seed, Lion, who was 33-19. and 19. The two seed was Columbia, who was 35-10. and 10. The three seed is Missouri Baptist at 23-21. and 21. The fourth seed is William Woods at 29-16. and 16. The fifth seed is Central Baptist College at 26-26. and 26. The sixth seed, Harris-Stow State, has been eliminated. They finished the year 17-24. and 24. Williams Baptist is the seventh seed. They have improved with their win to 25 and 28 and Hannibal LaGrange the eight seed has been eliminated they fall to 12 and 33 Cody one bid from this conference so I need you know after you give us some stats it's going to be a qualifier who qualifies who's the champion and is there a dark horse well I feel like picking a dark horse in this conference for really a three-headed monster is going to be tough the champion, I'm going to go with Lion. I like their path. You know, I've been finicky with picking Lion all year. Obviously, I've picked Moab at a time. I've picked Columbia at a time. But when it's all said and done, Lion earns number one seed, and they have the best path. All they got to do is go 3-0 to win this. You got a guy like Alan West who's punched out 103 and 79 innings. Give me Lion to get the job done. They got the best offense. They got a guy like Alan West waiting in the wings. I want to give a shout-out to one player in this conference, though, that we haven't talked about all season. And his name is Jay French. He plays for Central Baptist. He's an outfielder. This season, he's hitting 432. He has an on-base percentage of 520, 17 doubles, three triples, eight home runs, but 56 stolen bases, Robbie. He's stolen 56 already this season. He stole three more today. I'd imagine he's going to steal some more tomorrow. And then the next day, win or lose, doesn't matter. He's been stealing bases every game. He has a chance to break 60 stolen bases, which is the first we'll see in a couple of years. And uh, I just feel like we haven't talked about him enough. Guy that's hitting 430, has 28 extra base hits, and he's stolen 56 bases. Um, yeah, just really a special season for Jay French. Really, really great season for French there. Uh, Cody, this is something that is going to be interesting because you said three-headed monster. Uh, Missouri Baptist in conference of current members in this conference has won the most tournament championships in this conference's history, six. But their last came in 2015 so that's you know several years lion has won one tournament championship in this conference despite winning the regular season title last year they've won one it was in 2017 the the most recent current member to win this conference title was columbia in 2021 uh who also won the regular season a lion is the current uh, regular season champion excuse me there but you know, so Columbia is the only team that's probably got players with experience of winning a conference championship, what it's like to get in through and through this tournament. Uh, the other two teams don't have guys that would have been there at the time. William Woods has won two in their history, the last going back to 2014. Central Baptist has won one in 2016. I remember that team uh, that was really, really good, won a game in the opening round against Kaiser. That team had been Madison. Yes. You know, the strikeout artist for Central Baptist was punching out like 190 in an NAI season. I mean, just incredible stuff from Ben Madison. Yeah, so that was that was uh, a, a really good player. Um, I am going to go with Lion. I've stuck with Lion all year. Uh, so I'm going to roll with Lion as the team that will uh, likely, you know, win the bid here. If 
I mean, is it really a dark horse if I want to go Columbia <laughs> as, as the as the yeah. other team I could see winning it? Yeah, for sure. And if Columbia was the one seed and they could save Dan Fick as a sub two ERA, but I think what's going to happen is when you're Columbia, you're going to have to throw Fick against Mobat tomorrow, or which would I mean effectively be yesterday when the show comes out. And I just don't see it happening. So I mean, uh, give me a line, but no, I think Columbia could win. I think Mobat could win it. I mean, what about if a team like Central Baptist gets hot? I really don't know. I mean, these. It's kind of an open tournament. It'll be fun to watch. It's definitely going to be fun because I think me and you can agree. Uh, this is a one bid league. Like, I mean, no one's it is getting fully. In I, I don't. I don't think that there's an at large bid in this league. It's a one bid league. Cody, we will move on here to the Appalachian Athletic Conference, and I will let you give us the pods here in a minute. I believe you have that information on you. But this is a two bid league. The title game finalists, basically the the winner of Pod A and Pod B, will represent the Appalachian athletic conferences tournament is taking place in kingsport tennessee at the at hunter wright stadium in 2021 tennessee wesleyan defeated brian to win the championship here it is essentially 10 teams to start the day but two teams have already been eliminated we will run through all 10 of those teams right now the number one seed no surprise here is tennessee wesleyan they are 47 and 5 reinhardt is the two seed they are 33 and 19 point is the three seed at 25 and 20 St. Andrews is the four seed at 37 and 15. Milligan is the five seed at 34 and 19. Bryan is the six seed at 23 and 24. Bluefield is the seven seed. They entered today 29 and 16. Truett McConnell was the eight seed. They have been eliminated. They will finish the year at 25 and 22. Montreat is the ninth seed. They entered the day at 31 and 24. And the 10th seed, Columbia International has been eliminated. They finished their season at 21 and 33. Cody, what do the pods look like? And of course, your predictions. All right, so we got two pods, eight teams. In pod A, you're going to have Tennessee Wesleyan, St. Andrews, Milligan, and Montreat. In pod B, you're going to have Reinhardt, Point, Brian, and Bluefield. So you have eight teams, two pod winners. Both of those pod winners are going to the AAC championship game, and they're going to the national tournament, more importantly. Reinhardt this week in Pod B. So let's look at Pod B. Reinhardt, Point, Brian, and Bluefield. Because we feel pretty good about Tennessee Wesleyan winning Pod A, right? So give me Tennessee Wesleyan to win Pod A, clinch their bid to go to the national round. Pod B, you're looking at Reinhardt, Point, Brian, and Bluefield. Now, Reinhardt swept Bluefield earlier in the year, but they actually dropped series to both Point and Brian. And Brian, a couple weeks ago, kind of smacked Reinhardt, which is kind of surprising. Reinhardt is playing without Pablo Barquero, their ace, uh, one of the top 20 pitchers in the NAI this season. Uh, he hasn't pitched the last couple of weeks. He's not pitching this weekend. They hope to come back for an opening round if they were to qualify. I like Reinhardt as a team better than these other teams, but, man, you're pitching without your ace. You're going up against a Brian team that just put a lot of runs on you, going up against a point team that took two or three off you. I've been Reinhardt number two all season. Ethan Foley's been really good. Tucker Sadunik, you know, one of the best outfielders in the country this year, really good player. Give me Reinhardt. I think they're the most talented team. But it would not surprise me if a team like Brian – who has not played really good baseball this all year, were to somehow get hot, win this pod, and steal a bid. Now, pod A, uh, St. Andrews and Milligan, both really good seasons, been incredibly impressed with them. Montreal starter Daniel Willie has been an absolute dude, actually leads the nation in innings thrown. Went out there and threw eight innings today, absolutely carved up Columbia International. Good for them. That's their first tournament win since 2013, so shout out to Jason Beck Montreal. But... Give me Tennessee Wesleyan and Pod A. Give me Reinhardt and Pod B. Those are my two teams. And like I said, if I'm going to take a dark horse, 
I'm only going to take a dark horse out of pod B and that would be Brian. And that'll be a true dark horse. This is not the Brian team of late. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, in, in pod a, it, it is Tennessee Wesleyan. Uh, that's who I would feel most comfortable with as picking that team to uh, win that pod. And then for pod B, it is Reinhardt, but there are some question marks there as there have been for a lot of points in this year for Reinhardt. Brian was actually the team I was thinking as well, Cody, because, you know, they're not the Brian team that we're used to, but they do have some experience there in being Brian and being a team that makes some noise on a national level. Uh, Bluefield has had just an absolutely outstanding season. They ran, had an incredible run. Uh, it would not shock me either if, if Point did something cool for themselves to win that. I mean, Pod B is really, in a lot of ways, a possibility of a toss-up, but we could see Reinhardt, you know, uh, run through that there there's so many different options here i'm gonna have to stick with tennessee wesley and and reinhardt and the, the dark horse would have to come out of pod b like you said I, I was gonna take brian as well uh as that that team that had the chance now if reinhardt and tennessee wesley and met for the national t- or excuse me for the uh conference title <laughs> who who do you have in that one you said reinhardt and tennessee wesley and i'm gonna go with tennessee wesley and yeah, yeah, because Reinhardt doesn't have Barcaro. I mean, you don't have your ace right now. I mean, I love Ethan Foley, but uh, just give me – I don't see – he's going to have to pitch earlier. They're not even going to be able to bring him back around. Just give me the overall team depth of a Tennessee Wesleyan who just has more – just more arms, more hitters. I, I like Tennessee Wesleyan. They're the best team in the conference. They're the second-best team in the country right now. 100% would agree with that there. The CalPAC tournament is two bids. One of them have already has already been given away to the uh, University of Antelope Valley – who is automatically qualified for the national tournament. The second bid will be given to the tournament champion or the runner-up should UAV win the title in the CalPAC. This tournament will take place at Hohokam Stadium in Mesa, Arizona. The 2021 champion was St. Catherine, who defeated Benu Mesa 9-8. to Cody, this tournament's got five teams. Antelope Valley is the one seed. They are 34-11. and St. Catherine is the two seed. They are 29-19. and Benu Mesa is the three seed. They are 31 and 24. Embry Riddle Aeronautical University has made the tournament. They are 26 and 25. And Marymount, in a tiebreaker, is the fifth seed over Park Gilbert. They are 19 and 27. And shout out to Marymount, whose school's closing down. This is their last season of baseball. They just played their last home game. The last week of the season, they had to do some special things, which they did. They went on a run. Uh, to just even get to play in this tournament, to just extend their season. They had their final home game was a walk-off over the weekend. Uh, so shout-out to Marymount. It's really cool for them. Sad story about them closing down their school, but to just keep the ride going a little bit longer. For this actual tournament, true five-team tournament, like an opening round format, four plays five, plays one. Give me Antelope Valley to win the tournament, but give me Ben Mesa to get that second bid and go to the national tournament. Uh, I like it. They're going to play in that two-versus-three matchup. Give me Ben U to beat. St. Catherine at home, and then all they have to do is you somehow get all your horses right and you beat Antelope Valley that next day, you clinch the spot in the title game and you're going to the national tournament. That's what I think happens. I think Benu's going to win 2-0 to start this tournament. They're going to get themselves in that title game. Give me Antelope Valley to come back, the more talented team, the better team, to come back and win the championship, but Benu also wants their ticket. Yeah, this this one also, you know, I feel like it's really come down between uh, USK and Benu Mesa. Benu, I feel like uh, we we've wanted to see a little bit more from them this season. They're they're thirty one and twenty four. 
St. Catherine had the better in-conference here. Clearly, they are the two seed, but Venue would be my choice as the other team as well. But I could see St. Catherine. I guess they're they're my dark horse. But Antelope Valley is the team that I project to win this conference. I think they've been the most impressive team in this conference uh, from start to finish. And, I mean, they've already they've already punched their ticket, but at the end of the day, you know, you're not just going to relax and, and sit back when you're one week away from playing, you know, some of the most intense baseball of the season. You're going to go all out there for everything you've got. So uh, Antelope Valley and Benue Mesa would be the predictions in the Cal Pack. Cody, the Cascade Tournament is technically two bids. LCSC automatically qualifies on the first day of the year to host the opening round. This is, of course, different. We no longer have the auto bid for the World Series. LCSC, though, is given an automatic bid to the opening round tournament. So that means the conference champ or runner-up would be the second team from the Cascade Conference. This tournament is going to take place at Harris Field in Lewiston, Idaho. In 2021, LCSC defeated Corbin 10-6. It is a four-team tournament. The number one seed is Lewis Clark State College, who is 48-4. The two seed is British Columbia, maybe the biggest mystery team this season, Cody. British Columbia is 27-22. and 22. The three seed is College of Idaho, 29-25. and 25. And the four seed is Corbin, 24-22-1. Yeah, I've said it all year, and I'm not changing now. I'm sticking with Corbin, even though their path is obviously not the easiest. Uh, I'm sticking with Corbin. I think they have enough arms. LC is going to win the tournament, no doubt. Uh, right now, this is kind of a fight for runner-up. Use this bulletin board material, kids. Uh, it's a fight for runner-up. Whoever takes that second bid and is going to be LC. And then give me Corbin. Zach Simon last weekend, 14 punch-outs, true ace. Uh, by far one of the best pitchers in the country playing for Corbin. And uh, I like their chances to get it done. Give me Simon and Mason Shaw to throw a couple of gems and they're going to find their way back to the national tournament. I, I guess if you're UBC in college of Idaho, you know, you really want to wonder what they're going to do with Zach Simon uh, because he does have a win over LC this year. Do I have that right, Cody? He does. He has a nine inning complete game win. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's, he's got that. You know, he, he's got that, and it really, it, it just comes down. What would you do, Cody, if you're in that situation? Now, obviously, you know, you're not the, the coach at Corbin, but do you throw Zach Simon against LC, or are you holding him back? Because there is a little bit of, of strategy to be played overall in, in tournament baseball. Yes, yeah, I would. That's a really good question. And they have a guy that also had a complete game win over LC and Nate Martin. I would throw uh, Martin first, actually, honestly, if it was me. I would throw Martin and then save Simon because, like, you know, <laughs> come on, like you said, this tournament baseball, baby, and you can sit here and be politically correct. But oh, go out there! Like, no, you're trying to just get a bid. It does not matter if you win this league. You're trying to get a bid to play next weekend. And I think saving a dude like Simon and I, you know, if you're going to go out there and you're going to lose to LC anyway, why not save a guy, right? Right. I'm going to completely agree with you. And in you know, if this was the opening round. Or if it was the World Series, my theory would be different. You know, my theory is first game of the World Series, throw your freaking dude. Throw your freaking dude so he can come back around. Don't save the guy uh, because you think you've got a better opportunity. You want to stave off elimination. Like, no, throw your freaking dude. Go out there. get Give yourself the best chance to win and get after it. Now, when you're talking about one bid, you're playing for one bid. You're basically, uh, I guess, you know, we'll say we're, we feel like you're playing for second place. Uh, 
you have to have to have to do whatever it takes to get to that to that round. My my theory is different in an opening round and in the World Series, but in a conference tournament where you know the situation is you just have to either a beat LC or or to stave off elimination and stay for as long as you can and allow the cards to fall the way they will. I'm going to hold Simon until the second day. It'll be interesting to see what Corbin chooses to do. Uh, Cody, I'm going to take British Columbia as the team to qualify. I think they've been a mystery all season long, and that's why I like them. Uh, they're the only team at this level uh, to beat two different Division One opponents, Sacramento State and Seattle, both teams out of the Western Athletic Conference. And a minor league team. Like I said, if, if they're a minor league, like- the Vancouver <laughs> Canadians, yeah. Uh, if they were playing like in an NCAA tournament right now, I'd pick them. I don't know. They haven't done quite as well against the NAI competition, though. No, they 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 really haven't. But you know, I'm I'm going to take them. I th- if they can figure it out this weekend, I'll they'll be the team that I take. So it'll be interesting to see there. Cody, we move on to the Chicago Land Conference. Here, this tournament is two bids. One of them is taken by Olivet Nazarene, and the second is given to either the tournament champion or the runner-up. This tournament will take place at DuPage Medical Field in Joliet, Illinois. There is some rain expected on Friday, but after that, they should be clear. ONU defeated St. Xavier in 2021, 8-6. It's an eight-team tournament. The one seed is Olivet Nazarene, who is 34-15. and 15. The two seed is St. Ambrose, who is 31-12. The three seed is St. Xavier, who is 39-12-1. The four seed is St. Francis, who is 28-24. The five seed is Roosevelt, who is 25 and 21. The sixth seed is Judson at 17 and 26. The seventh seed in making their first ever CCAC tournament is Calumet College of St. Joseph, who is 16 and 30. And the eighth seed is IU South Bend at 15, 30 and 1. Yeah, I've been pretty chalk and consistent with this conference all year, and I'm not going to change now. I think Olivet Nazarene is the best team in the conference. Beginning of the season, I kind of had it like 1A, 1B with Olivet Nazarene and San Xavier. As of right now, I have it one Olivet Nazarene, two San Xavier. And uh, I just like it. I mean, I like these two teams. I think they're going to play out very similar to last year, where it's going to be a fun tournament. These two teams actually just met this past weekend. Uh, I predicted that San Xavier would snap the winning streak, and they did. Uh, they snapped Olivet's winning streak at 24, but Olivet came back the next day and won the series, as we both thought they would, and they did. Uh, give me Olivet to win this title again. They're going to sweep back to back years, take both regular season and the tournament. And I'm going to take St. Xavier to be the runner-up and go back to nationals. Obviously, it's not really a dark horse to say that I think St. Ambrose is the other team. I mean, I definitely think they are. I think St. Ambrose has played really well. Cooper Huckabone has been an absolute dude this year. Uh, I do want to give an off-the-wall shout-out to a player for Trinity Christian, Nick Anderson, another Nick Anderson in the NAI, right? A really good player this season, though. 518 on base percentage, hitting 412, 17 doubles, robbing nine home runs, been absolutely getting it done. More walks and strikeouts. Scored 28 runs. Plays on an under-the-radar team, but, you know, 518 on base percentage. Finish your season with that. You're a home run away from double-digit home runs, 17 doubles. Uh, just a really special season. For me, Cody, I mean, obviously, I, I really like Olivet Nazarene. Uh, they've already qualified. I think they're going to win the tournament as well. I think they're they're the best team in this conference. But I'm going to go I've, – I've stuck with St. Ambrose all year. They're going to be the second team I pick. If I had to go with a – uh, dark horse, it's kind of, you know, how, how deep do you want to get into the dark horse? Because part of me wants to pick uh, St. Joe's just for Rocco, and, and the other part of me wants to take St. Francis. Uh, I think St. Xavier's got a good opportunity. But but as far as the one and two go, 
for this conference. It's going to be all of it, Nazarene. It's going to be St. Ambrose. And that's what I, I definitely have to feel in this conference. Cody, we move on to the Continental. It is a two-bid league. Uh, GGC will host. So this is where it becomes interesting, Cody, because it's the tournament champion and the tournament runner-up. So in theory, in theory, if Georgia Gwinnett was not to qualify out of the Continental, then the Continental would be a three-team league because GGC is into the tournament no matter what as a host team. This is a four-team tournament despite being a 14-team conf- conference. Uh, GGC is 37-14. and 14. Edward Waters, who we didn't even know was an NAI program this year, is 24-24. and 24. Fisher is 27 and 24 and Iowa Wesleyan is 20 and 28. Cody, you got any thoughts? Oh, so many, Robbie. Oh, so many. I, I'm part <laughs> of me cringe there when you, when you write out that scenario. I mean, it's been a rough year for Gwinnett, but my goodness, <laughs> uh, I, I, I like their chances to still qualify in the tournament. I'm going to go with Gwinnett and Fisher. I haven't got to see Edward Waters this year because like you said, they were pretending to be D2 all season and didn't play that many NAI teams. I don't know. Give me... Gwinnett and Fisher. I don't know. Fisher's played Gwinnett so well this year. I don't know if Fisher's gotten a lot better. Gwinnett's gotten a lot worse. I don't know, man. But give me those two. Yeah, 48 games for Edward Waters, just 20 against NAI opponents, not even 50% of the schedule, nothing on their website that shows that they are an NAI affiliate. Uh, It says D2 on their website. It says uh, the name of their new conference that they are going to. Uh, This was just as big of a surprise. Again, I know what the – scenario is and it's a wild scenario and it's going to take a lot to get there i do not see ggc faltering in that way uh i will take ggc and then i like fisher as well Uh, i'd take edward waters but we don't know what they look like because i mean there's literally this the continental has a team in this in their tournament that basically at the beginning of the year really didn't want anything to do with the with the nai when they changed everything over on their website uh which they've had since you know basically last summer so that's where we will go in this tournament to the crossroads league now it is two bids it is the regular season champion of mount vernon nazarene they have qualified for the national tournament and then the tournament champion slash runner-up this is going to be held at taylor university winter holder field in upland indiana the 2021 champion was indiana wesleyan who defeated Mount Vernon Nazarene by a score of 4-2. to two. The eight teams in this tournament, Cody, are the one seed, Mount Vernon Nazarene, who is 34 and 15, is automatically qualified for the national tournament. The two seed is Taylor at 36 and 16. The three seed is Indiana Wesleyan at 30 and 21. The four seed is Huntington at 24 and 21. The five seed is Bethel who is 25 and 27. The sixth seed is Marion at 20, 25 and 25. The seventh seed is Spring Arbor, 25, 25 and 1. And the eighth seed is St. Francis, Indiana at 26 and 26. Are you ready for something real chaos here? And we're not going to make a lot of friends in Ohio, but give me Taylor versus Indiana Wesleyan in the final. And the winner, because Mount Vernon Nazarene did not make the final, the winner is going to go to the opening round. Give me Taylor to get it done. Those are going to be my two teams playing in the tournament final. I'm taking Taylor. Uh, TJ Bass for Taylor this year. We haven't talked about him enough. He's a monster. 382 average, but my goodness, he leads the nation with 84 RBIs. I mean, I remember there were some years Taylor didn't score 84 runs. 
in a season. <laughs> and this guy's got 84 runs batted in. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, they probably have the conference pitcher of the year, too, in Luke Shively. Luke Shively's been insane. 80 innings pitched, 2270 RA, 92 punch outs in 79 innings. I mean, really, really good stuff for him. Give me Taylor. Not a lot of convention because I think the crossroads is really good. You look at teams like Huntington, really good. Uh, Mount Vernon Nazarene, really good. Anyone can go out there and win this tournament. This is a really deep mm-hmm. league. I think crossroads kind of gets slept on. It's but to me, it's the best probably league in that Midwest region. I'm going to take Taylor to get it done. That way, we don't have to have Robbie stress. There's no worries. They clinch <laughs> a bit anyway. Losing that large out there for someone else. Give me Taylor. I am the advocate for the at-large bid. Um, I like your theory and I like your scenario. So, you know, I like Taylor to be the second team outside of Mount Vernon Nazarene, who's already qualified. I really do. I I think that it'll go just if something doesn't go their way. Uh, you know, that's what I was thinking about in, in advance. But I do like Taylor to be the second team. For the Dark Horse, Cody, I've had several people tell me from a top 10 team that Huntington can swing the bat like it's nobody's business. Um, obviously, their, their pitching needs, you know, is is where the area of help is needed. But let's say Huntington goes out there and just swings the bat crazy. You know, it's something that's, that's not unheard of. I want to say it was 20, yeah, it was 2016 uh, when I was at Kaiser. We won the Sun Conference tournament. We scored 10 plus runs in every single game. And we gave up like six to eight in every single game. Uh, but we just outscored every single team in that Sun Conference tournament. And, you know, it's it's doable. So I'm going to take Huntington as my as my dark horse there in that crossroads league uh, with the possibility to, to move on. Indiana Wesleyan's been really hot and cold this year. I agree 100 percent, man. Cody, we will keep things rolling with the GSAC tournament. And it is a one bid league. And this is a tournament that at the time of recording this podcast has already begun. One team has already been eliminated. This is taking place at OC Great Park in Irving, California. The 2021 champion was Vanguard, who defeated Ottawa, Arizona 9-8. to There are six teams in this tournament. The number one seed is HIU. The two seed is Westmont. The three seed is Vanguard. The four seed is Arizona Christian. The five seed is the Masters. They have been eliminated, and the six seed still alive is William Jessup. Uh, Arizona Christian, last we looked, Cody, was uh, losing to number one seed Hope International. I'm going to pull up that score at the time of this podcast. Uh, but as of right now, it is Hope International with a 11-4 lead against Arizona Christian as Arizona Christian is trying to keep their season alive. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? You know, conference tournament here, as it's already begun. So, you know, there's there's something to talk about here still. I love the venue they have out there in OC. Uh, really nice ball field. The stream has been incredible. Really well done HD broadcast for free, by the way. And then uh, the first day, so watching, just talking about Monday, the pitching we got from the three big boys in this conference was insane. Westmont's Brian Peck, nine innings pitch, two hits, one run, nine strikeouts. He carried a no-hitter into the ninth inning. Uh, you look at Justin Graves for Vanguard, seven innings pitch, one hit, no runs, 14 punchouts. I mean, he double dipped to an inning. And then Hector Garcia, the conference pitcher of the year for Hope, six and a third, one hit, one run, seven strikeouts. So these three aces on these three teams, and we know Westmont, Vanguard, and Hope, they are all going to an opening round. Like, that's without a doubt. It's happening. Punch it, book it, at large, whatever you want to call it. 
But those three guys, they gave up four hits combined between them. All three qualified for what is considered like a quality start in the major league level. I mean, it's just really insane pitching. I think all three of those guys, I'm excited to see what they do out of conference. Like, I'm excited to see what Justin Graves can do. Like last year, we got to see him go out there and carve up Reed Hardeman in an opening round. I got to see Hector Garcia out of the pin last year carve up Gwinnett, national champion, in an opening round. I want to see what Brian Peck, the freshman, is going to do in a national tournament. These are three really, really good arms. As for, like, the tournament tonight, me and you are recording this on a Tuesday. I told you earlier, I can't wait for Vanguard Westmont. After last week and the controversy yep. and Vanguard winning four games, they take one off the board, Westmont gets it, they're the chance now. You know Vanguard is chomping at the bit for tonight. Uh, it's going to be a big-time matchup. It's really going to be kind of hard to pick the champion. I went with Hope, and I still think Hope is probably the most talented team. But you're splitting hairs, man. These three teams are so good. They're all right there in that top 10 range. Uh, give me Hope International to win the tournament. But I still, like, I've been impressed with Vanguard and Westmont all season. I like all three of them to make the opening round. Uh, and just for reference, it, we this is something last week we told you we would get back to you all on. Uh, we did reach out to the GSAC for comment on, you know, uh, how they went about ruling that protest as a success in Westmont's favor. I had read actually on Westmont's website that it was a three-member committee who was in charge of determining the outcome of the protest. Uh, when we reached out to the GSAC for who sits on that committee, whether it was other coaches or other conference officials, uh, what information was provided to them as well as far as video or statements that were taken into account to make the judgment. We did not hear back from the GSAC conference. Cody, I feel like one, two, and three are so interchangeable, man. Uh, HIE Westmont Vanguard, like you said, punched them in. They are all three making the national tournament. I want to say Vanguard because I've I've kind of rode with Vanguard all season long, but man, pump me up for that game tonight. Uh, well, I guess on the day that we're recording this, not releasing this between Westmont and Vanguard. Um, so really, just one bid. Whoever gets it, I mean, it, good for you. But I think all three of these teams, HIU, Westmont, and Vanguard, are into the national tournament. On top of that, Westmont's going to host, so they could shrink the at-large pool there by one if they don't win the conference tournament. If they do, it keeps it open, and two, you know, it just really depends. I think the GSAC, no matter what, takes up two of the 15 at-large bids. Cody, we will move on to the GPAC. It is a two-bid league. Doan has already taken up one of those bids, and then they do their tournament a little differently. I kind of like this, Cody, where it's either the tournament champion or the regular season runner-up. So literally – if you are Concordia, Nebraska, you are rooting for yourself or Doan here to to win the tournament. Otherwise, you are, if, if that happens, if either you win the tournament or make it to the championship game and you play Doan, then you're automatically the team that gets to go to the national tournament. The second place team is Concordia, Nebraska, but Doan is automatically qualified. Cody is an eight-team uh, tournament out of the GPAC. And I believe you have more for us on how that breaks down and which teams are where. Pod A. And Pod A at Doan. It's going to be hosted at Doan. You're going to have Doan, Morningside, Jamestown, and Midland. At Pod B, it's going to be hosted by Concordia, Nebraska. You're going to have Concordia, Nebraska, Mount Marty, Briarcliff, and Northwestern. The winners of each pod will play in a single game on Tuesday for the GPAC championship. Like you said, I love their format. 
I love the two pod winners playing for the championship similar to the AAC. And I love that the regular season runner-up gets the bid. Why do we reward teams for one week more than we do for three months? Like, I don't, I don't never understood that. Not a fan of it. Give Absolutely. me the G-Pack all the, G-Pack all the way. I just like going. They've been the best team in the conference. They tied a conference record with 24 wins. That's tied for most of G-Pack history. Uh, this team looks really good this year. They've been impressive. Joe Osborne, 18 home runs on the season, 54 runs driven in. They've been really, really good. Julian Vargas, a pitcher for them, has been absolutely insane. Mensik has been good offensively with nine home runs. Lucas White was hurt most of the year, but he's back, ready to roll. Uh, give me Dome, man. I like Dome to win this conference. And then my other team would be Concordia, Nebraska. I think I think there's just a drop-off, honestly. I, I don't think it's a shame to say it. I think Dome and Concordia are top 25 national teams. And I think there's just a step down after that. Give me Concordia, Nebraska, to who was the regular season runner-up, and Dome, who was the champion, to meet again in the finals for the second straight year. And give me Dome to win the championship, Concordia to be the regular season runner-up and the conference runner-up, and those will be your two teams. Yeah, I, I definitely I can feel that. I, I think Doan and Concordia, Nebraska have the two best opportunities. Again, I'm a big fan of what they do in the GPAC, where they reward you for three months instead of one week. If I'm taking a dark horse here, Cody, though, it is going to be Mount Marty who can swing the bats a little bit, and uh, they're they're actually doing really well uh, offensively. I think Mount Marty would be the team that I would take as uh, having an opportunity to get out there and steal a bid away at 34 and 13 entering today for the G-Pack. We move on here to the Hart Conference Tournament. It is two bids, Cody, and this one, the two bids are giving to the tournament champion and the tournament runner-up, so all you have to do is qualify for the tournament finals, and you are into the national tournament. In Ozark, Missouri, the 2021 champion was Central Methodist, who defeated um, Mid-America Nazarene. Eight teams in this one. MNU is the number one seed. They are 33 and 14. Clark is the two seed at 35 and 14. Central Methodist is the three seed at 38 and 12. Mount Mercy is the four seed at 31 and 18. Baker is the fifth seed at 27 and 24. Peru State, the sixth seed, 21 and 31. Park, seventh seed, 26 and 18. And then Grandview is the eighth seed at 18 and 24. I actually like this to go with the regular season standings, not the seedings, to go chalk. I like Mid-American Nazarene uh, to win the tournament, and I like Central Methodist to be the runner-up. I think those are going to be your two teams uh, that punch their ticket to the national tournament. Uh, I just like them both. I think they're both really, really talented. I think they're closer to the pack of nationally ranked programs. Some absolute dudes on the mound. But right now, like offensively, Mid-American Nazarene, they've scored 17-plus in three of the last four for sure. They scored 19. I mean, they're just offensively scoring at a – unprecedented rate. Joshua and Sandoval is absolutely crushing the baseball right now. He's catching on fire late. Give me Mid-American Nazarene. Give me Central Methodist. But I want to give a shout out to a pitcher from Mount Mercy. We haven't talked to him about him enough this year. Cody Schlotman from Mount Mercy. 64 innings, 182 ERA, 97 punch outs. I know you like that, man. The swing and miss stuff is there. He's been an absolute dude. 11 starts on the mound, 8-1 record, 64 innings, 182 ERA, 97 Ks. I don't know this, but I know that whoever's playing Mount Mercy really wants to avoid Kobe Schlotman because uh, he's been an absolute dude for them. I, I like what you said, man. I mean, I think we're in agreement on that. The two closest to the pack teams as far as being national, you know, com- nationally competitive teams are going to be MNU and Central Methodist. Clark would be the team 
uh, that that is my dark horse. I know that's kind of weird to say that that I feel more comfortably about the the three seed. Central Methodist, though, Cody, at times has not looked like the team we expect. I knew we didn't think that they were going to be the team of last year. We were told that very early. We were told to expect that from them, from multiple people. Uh, I saw it in person when I watched them play down in San Antonio that offensively it was not the same team. And then, you know, there were going to be some question marks uh, in the starting pitching roles as well as in the bullpen. They've got one really, really good starter in Nick Merkel who, you know, on on any given day uh, can compete with a lot of people, can compete with anyone. It is going to be interesting to see what happens in this one, but MNU and CMU would be my two teams. Cody, we move on to the KCAC, which has been really a great conference this year. I, I wouldn't, I mean, easily a top five this season. And the KCAC tournament is two bids. One of those has already gone to Ottawa. So then it goes to the tournament champion or the tournament runner-up. This is taking place at the Great Men Sports Complex in Great Men, Kansas, which is the tournament already been pushed back to Thursday. Uh, last season in 2021, Ottawa as the five seed defeated McPherson 12 to seven, six teams in this tournament. The one seed, of course, who is already qualified for the national tournament is Ottawa, who is 41 and six. McPherson is 38 and 10. They are a two seed. Tabor is the three seed, 34, 15 and one. Friends is the four seed at 30 and 20. Oakwoo, Oklahoma Wesleyan is the fifth seed at 37 and 17. And Kansas Wesleyan is the sixth seed at 29 and 26. Cody, this will be interesting because I do believe that there's a possibility the KCAC gets another three-bid season. I have to agree with you. And, man, I you know, it's like one of those things, just like, do I do it? Do I do it? I'll pull the trigger. Because Oklahoma Wesleyan, sitting there at that five seed. I don't think we've ever thought on the same, like, on the same wavelength so much. Like, we, I literally yeah. was talking about this also. Yeah, so they won 10 in a row. Cody Muncy has hit 13 home runs in the month of April. He is on fire now. People are starting to pitch to him. And, uh, man, which I, I don't know why. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but they are. Man, something I, I don't want to do it. Because, like, Ottawa, to me, is a one seed. Ottawa, you go out there and you win this tournament, it's a lock. You are a one seed. I don't see any way around it. Ottawa's going to be a traveling one seed somewhere. But I think Ottawa's the best team. They got the best arms. They got the best player. I'm, I'm with Ottawa, but man, something about this five-seed Oklahoma Wesleyan team riding a 10-game winning streak, knowing that they have some dudes on the mound there, Kellen Brothers on the mound, uh, Rocio De Leon. Uh, I don't know. It's just weird because like McPherson, I feel like we slide on McPherson because I think McPherson's a top 25 team. They're really good. I think they're actually a team that's a lot to get in regardless, more so than Tabor. And uh, I don't know what Tabor, you know what I mean? I think Tabor is a team that I'm sure you were hinting at, that if there's a three-team with Oklahoma Wesleyan, McPherson, and Tabor, or, I mean, Ottawa, McPherson, and Tabor. But, man, give me Oklahoma Wesleyan to find a way to make the final against Ottawa. I think Ottawa's got so much to play for, playing for a one seed. I like Ottawa to win the tournament. I like Oklahoma Wesleyan to make the final. I like those two teams to go to your national tournament. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma Wesleyan, you, you want to talk about a team getting hot at the right time. Oklahoma Wesleyan would be that team getting hot at the right time. Tabor, I know we we know has one really good arm. There's a big question mark there on him. Uh, he did come out of a game early about two weeks ago. Pitched last week out of the pen. It'll be really interesting to see what happens there with Austin Seidel. Uh, but a- after that, the, the pitching is not the same. I think McPherson is in 
uh, Cody. I think McPherson is in. They they played well. They went to the Cajun Collision. They've played some tough teams this year. Uh, Ottawa, the case is there for be for them to be a one seed. What what is going to be held up the most when they're in that committee room is going to be their SOS, their strength of schedule. But I think Ottawa has played really good baseball this year, and I think that they go out there and have a great showing in this tournament in what has been essentially a top-five conference. Ottawa is a one-seed. Uh, so give me Ottawa. And really, I mean, I th- because I think McPherson is in, I, I want to take Oklahoma Wesleyan in. And maybe that's my dark horse pick of Oklahoma Wesleyan. But I think the two most complete teams in this conference would be Ottawa and McPherson. Oklahoma Wesleyan, though, getting hot at the right time. They've got a couple of uh, two two arms that can really bring it uh, with some velocity. This is an offensive first conference and you see the way that Ottawa and McPherson have been able to stand out over the last couple of years is by pitching, pitching, pitching. I, I legitimately think Ottawa has three of the, uh, you know, three complete starters. And they're the only team in this conference, I think, with three complete starters uh, that, that make up a rotation. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens there in the KCAC from Great Bend Sports Complex. That conference tournament will start on Thursday, so there's no excuse for the entire state of Kansas not to listen to this show when it releases on Wednesday. The Mid-South tournament is two bids given to the tournament champ and the tournament runner-up from Bowling Green, Kentucky in Hot Rod Stadium. The 2021 champion was University of Cumberland, who defeated Freed Hardeman 11-10. This year, Cody, it is six teams. FHU is the number one seed. They were 34-13. and 13. They did not play last week. Every other team had to play into this tournament. UC is the two seed. They are 40-13. and 13. Georgetown is the three seed at 30-18. and 18. Bethel is the four seed at 17-22. and 22. Campbellsville, the five seed at 23-22. and 22. And the six seed is Cumberland, who is 11 and. 20 CU, or excuse me, 11 and 40 for CU. Cody, this is going to be interesting because it is a two bid league. I do not see this league having extra bids. I mean, you're talking about uh, a, a lot of 500 type teams in this conference uh, who advance into this, but you have to feel good about Freed Hardeman and UC in this. See, this one is tough for me. This one where tournament baseball doesn't tell the full story. I think seeding matters. To me, Cumberland, Tennessee is the best team in this conference this year. I don't even see how you could argue it right now. They are 22-4 and four against conference teams on the field. Uh, they just took out Thomas Moore, who is effectively the three seed, but who what I would consider to be the fourth best team in this league. And here's Cumberland's road now. Cumberland has to play the three seed in Georgetown. Then they, if they win, they play the two seed in Cumberlands. If they win, they play the one seed in Freed Hardeman. So you're playing two, three, and four, essentially. Say you look at it where Cumberland, Tennessee, without the four fits, is the best team. They have to play two, three, and four, back to back to back. That is a tough road. They got to beat Georgetown. Then they got to go beat Cumberlands next. And then you got to go beat Freed Hardeman next. It's just tough sledding, man. It's tough sledding. It's not like we're sitting Southeastern out there. Like, this is like, I think Cumberland is the best team, but not by like that wide of a margin. So I don't know if they can go out there and win those games back to back to back like that. So give me Freed Hardeman and give me Cumberland. I like Cumberland, Tennessee. If Cumberland's Kentucky can win the semifinal match that they'll have to play against Cumberland, give me Cumberland's Kentucky and Freed Hardeman to go chalk. But I think if Cumberland can somehow steal that one, obviously, double elimination tournament, a lot of to play out. It's all going to come down to that matchup. I'm going to go Cumberland, Tennessee. Because 22-4 and four is 22-4. and four. They have handled business, and you can't let those forfeits cloud your judgment. Uh, they're still doing really well offensively. This is a team 
Like, if they would have lost their best pitcher, it would have been tough. Losing mm-hmm. Cole Turney is, an, is a huge blow for them. But they score regardless. I mean, they don't need Cole Turney to score. Nolan Macabretta, the conference player of the year, he's hitting 471 this year. He's 471, 15 home runs, 77 RBIs. He scored 50 runs. I mean, he quietly, this last month, has played himself into All-American count. I mean, I think he's going to be an All-American. I mean, the guy with 15 home runs hitting 470 with 77 RBIs, they're going to score runs. They're, they got enough people on that lineup. Hannah at the top of the lineup, they're going to score some runs. It's going to come down to pitching, and that's where it gets tough as you're going to Eventually, your number three arm is going to have to beat Freed Hardeman or Cumberland, depending on how you want to play it. That's going to be tough sledding. So that's where the depth gets into. But I'm going to take Cumberland, Tennessee. I'm going to buy them a little bit more, and then I'm going to take Freed Hardeman. Yeah, uh, I, I it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I think Cumberland, Tennessee is my dark horse. Uh, UC out of Kentucky is, is the team that that I'm going to take as my number two. Uh, with Freed Hardeman as the one uh, with those two teams getting to the champion. But I can 100% understand and see your scenario of of Cumberland, Tennessee getting in there. I mean, they're just down one, really one person, and, and the rest of the team is is still there. And it's not shocking to me that that they did uh, win their, their you know, p- survive in advance series against Thomas Moore. It's it just not shocking to me. Uh, I actually thought they would sweep in two games instead of making it a three-game series. So that that was a little bit more surprising to me. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one to watch. If you want to see some interesting things happen, you want to see what happens, you want to see some drama unfold, you need to watch the Mid-South Conference Tournament. That's going to be a really good tournament to keep an eye on. Cody, the North Star Athletic Association Tournament is just one bid, and it'll be from Waldorf University in Forest City, Iowa. The 2021 champion is Mayville State, who defeated Blueville, or excuse me, Bellevue, <laughs> who defeated Bellevue 16 to 2. This is eight teams. Bellevue is the one seed, Dakota State the two, Dickens, Dickinson State the three, Waldorf the four, Valley City State the five, Mayville State the six, Viterbo the seven. The eight seed is presentation. Cody, I know we've said this for the last couple of years, but you have to feel really good about Bellevue winning this tournament. Yeah, I do. I mean, they, they're going to have the conference player of the year and Ackerman. They're going to have the pitcher here and Elijah Johnson. Uh, it's just going to be too much. Elijah Johnson pitching himself into being an All-American at over 120 strikeouts this year. Just absolutely dude, sub-2 ERA. Give me Bellevue. Really impressed with what Dakota State has done all year, though. Started with their early season trip on the road. Uh, got to see them catch some wins early on. And then they really carried it in all year. Played some really well. Took a win off Bellevue last week. I mean, they played Pretty well, man. So I mean, anything can happen. But give me the Bruins. They know they need to go out there and get this done, lock up an automatic bid, and I think that's exactly what they'll do. Yeah, give, give me Bellevue as well, Dwayne Monlux and the Bruins. Um, it'll be good for them to be on the road. I know that that a lot of these Midwest teams have been on the road a lot this season, uh, but for them to be on the road before heading back home, they don't get too comfortable, uh, don't sleep in their own bed. You know, Definitely going to play some good baseball because if this is one – thousand percent if you're an at-large potential team you are rooting for Bellevue in this one any other way is you're looking at a bid stealer should anybody else win this tournament Cody the Red River Athletic Conference tournament from Sterlington Sports Complex in Sterlington Louisiana is a two-bid conference LSU Shreveport has already punched their bid and then it'll be the tournament champion or the tournament runner-up in 2021 LSUS Defeated Texas A&M, Texarkana, 12-2. to 
eight teams in this one. LSU Shreveport, 47 and 3. The two seed is LSUA, who is 29 and 14. The three seed is Our Lady of Lake at 29 and 22. Louisiana Christian is the four seed at 30 and 15. Southwest, University of Southwest is the five seed at 31 and 18. Texas A&M, Texarkana is the six seed at 32 and 22. Xavier out of Louisiana is the seven seed at 19 and 23. And UHV is the eight seed at 20 and 24. Yeah, give me LSU Shreveport to win the tournament. They've been the clear-cut best team in this league all season. Uh, that's not going to change. I like their chances to go out there and sweep through this field. But give me Our Lady of the Lake to go in there and steal that second bid. Probably don't see it coming this year. It's a team that won the regular season last year. Did not have a great year this season. But you know who did have a great year this season? Their starting pitcher, Brett Vasquez. 78 innings pitch, but he struck out 120 batters. 13.7K per nine, got a 2.75 ERA. This is kind of like we talked about earlier with Corbin. It's like, when are they going to unleash Vasquez? When are they going to throw him? Try to, you know, manipulate the tournament to their advantage and try to get at least into that runner-up spot. Give me Our Lady of the Lake. Give me Brad Vasquez to go out there and throw a gem. And uh, those are my two teams, Our Lady of the Lake and LSU Shreveport. I like it. I mean, I, I like LSU Shreveport to win the tournament. Uh, I do like the, the selection of, of Our Lady of the Lake. I think that Olu has has uh, a lot of talent. Uh, if I was going to go though with a, you know, I, I just LSUA. We'll we'll see what happens. But if I was going to just go off off cuff, um, Keelan Johnson at, at Louisiana Christian is really good. I mean, he almost hit 500 this year. The guy is is a senior and he's a monster and he's probably going to go down as one of the best baseball players to go through that program. Uh, so uh, Louisiana Christian would be my potential dark horse in the Red River Conference, but for sure LSU Shreveport to win the conference tournament. I like Cody's selection of Our Lady of the Lake. I, I do think Alexandria, though, at 29-14 and 14, uh, has a really good shot. Again, it just depends on when, when you throw Vasquez. Uh, he's, a, he's a good kid. He's, he hard, works absolutely hard, man. And uh, I got to sit down and talk with him when I was there, there in San Antonio, one of the games when he was doing the chart. Absolutely uh, just a treat to talk to him and really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm really happy to see he's having a ton of success in a conference that has been uh, really good this year. I mean, a lot of really su- good surprises there, Cody. You, you've got an LSUS is a 40 win team. Southwest has a, is a 30 plus winning uh, game winner this season. Uh, Louisiana Christian's got 30 plus wins. Our Lady of Lake and uh, LSUA with a win are 30 win teams. Texas A&M Texas Arcana's got 32 wins. You're talking about the potential to have six 30-plus game winners in your conference. That would be incredible for the Red River Athletic Conference. We move on, Cody, to the River States, where it is a one-bid league from VA Memorial Stadium in Chillicothe, Ohio. In 2021, IUS defeated Point Park 8-2. to Cody, do you see this tournament going any different than IUS and Point Park meeting up in the championship? You know, I think Kokomo has a say with Point Park, but I, I, I do like it to run chalk like that, though. Uh, Kokomo and Point Park just met this past weekend. Point Park took two out of three. Uh, I like Point Park to probably make the finals again, but this is a probably a one-bid league. I know people are in this conference are not going to like to hear that, but give me IUS. I think they've really turned it on after a brutal stretch scheduling-wise. They just had so many tough games to open the year, but they really turned it on. Hunter Cluck, either ace, 2-4-0 ERA, 75 innings. He's 9-3, but hasn't lost in forever. I mean, he had to play so many hard teams to open up. And then a guy I mentioned a bunch to start the year when I heard about his transfer from Asbury, if you remember, 
the shortstop Trevor Campbell, and he's been an absolute dude, leads the conference in batting, 421 average, 25 doubles this year, Robbie, my goodness, nine home runs. Uh, he's been insane. So give me IUS. I think they got the best offense. They got the best pitching. I think they the best team. I think IUS, I've said this before, and I want to reiterate it, because last year what happened was they the country did not respect IUS enough, and they yep. sent IUS to Tennessee Wesleyan, meaning Tennessee wasn't the number one team in the country. They thought IUS was the worst two seed in the country, which is just mind blowing to me. And uh, I think they're not seated correctly again. I mean, why is it because they're going out to Athens and getting swept to start the year? People think they're not good. You know how many teams Tennessee Wesleyan would sweep to start the year? I mean, uh, it's just kind of crazy to me. I think that they're going to get the benefit of probably not a seed they deserve again. And uh, it's going to be tough. But I think IUS goes out there, gets it done. But I mean, we're ranking this team as. And near number 20, they're not, they're way closer to number 10, I promise. Yeah, I, I 100% agree on the sentiment with that. You know, it is, and it's really going to be a testament to how much the committee is paying attention to what's going on nationally because IUS did not start the season out well. It has not been pretty for them to start the season out well, but they went out, they challenged themselves, they were injured, they got punched in the mouth a lot and they kept getting back up and they kept getting punched in the mouth and they kept getting back up and they kept getting punched in the mouth and they kept getting back up over and over and over. And it has just done nothing but made them better. I do like what you said that this is probably a one bid league. If you're point park uh, and I like IUS to win the championship, if you're point park, the way that you make this a two bid league is you win the conference championship game uh, because IUS Cody, I think would be in, you know, they're, they're one of the teams that we're going to hold in high regard for an at-large bid. At least you and I are. We'll see what the rest of the country thinks. But uh, it's going to be really tough for Point Park to get in there if they do not win the conference ter- uh, tournament championship game. You're going to have to be rooting for a lot of chalk to happen and hope that when it comes down to the final, you know, six or seven teams in the nation to get at-large bids, you're going to be one of those teams. Cody, the Sooner Athletic Conference is one bid, but will take place in two different sites. It'll be in Jim Wade Stadium in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and Bill Smith Ballpark in Chickasha, Oklahoma. The 2021 champion was Science and Arts, who defeated OCU 4-3. It's eight teams in this tournament, and we'll tell you where each team is. They basically do pods as well. And at OCU, it'll be the one seed, Oklahoma City University, at 43-4, and the Eight seed Oklahoma Panhandle State at 14 and 34. The four seed Texas Wesleyan at 33 and 17. And the five seed Mid America Christian at 30 and 18. The two seed US, or Science and Arts is hosting at Bill Smith Ballpark. They will be accompanied by Southwestern Christian, who's 26 and 23. The three seed Sagu at 35 and 12. And the six seed Wayland Baptist at 27 21. Any thoughts on this one? I think there's. You know, I think it's in more interesting than other years where it's not just Oklahoma City and USAO for sure. Um, I think there's some room for error in the second spot on this. I know it's a one-bid league, so Oklahoma City is going to go out there and win the tournament and take the bid. I understand that. But I don't – you know, I think that there's some play there for who's going to meet OCU in the title game, even though that probably doesn't matter in this league. Uh, but I think USAO is for sure going to make the tournament regardless. Oklahoma City is going to make the tournament regardless. Give me those two teams – Oklahoma City, to me, you know, they're a national title contender. I'm not so sure I would go as far to say that about USAO. I mean, they just lost the series this past weekend to Texas Wesleyan. That kind of surprised me. But Eli Davis, a top five pitcher in the country, an absolute All-American for Oklahoma City, 104 ERA, 84 strikeouts. He's just been insane. 
Uh, Cross Factor is our front runner for National Player of the Year. I don't know how he couldn't be. He's like top three in literally everything. He's hitting 534. He's entering the postseason with a 534 average. And that to me just blows my mind. And, and you know, of course, he a couple of years ago had a 500 average in the postseason. Of course, he had six home runs. I mean, Cross Factor has 25 home runs and he has a 530 average. It is literally insane. Give me Oklahoma City. And I feel pretty confident about it, too. Yeah, I, I really. I really like the opportunity of, of OCU and science and arts to meet up in the championship game. I think Sagu has had an excellent season. I don't think they're ready for that next step yet. Uh, Texas Wesleyan, I think has made some strides closer here to the end of the year to being who, who we really kind of expect them to be more competitive in this conference. They've had some uh, really interesting results and, and there's a lot that goes into that about uh, injuries and things like that. But, you know, I, I think that this year this, this conference is a two-bid league in getting two teams in. Oklahoma City's in no matter what, and I think Science and Arts is that second team in the Sooner Athletic Conference. And then after this year, we can go back to talking about whether or not it's a three-bid league. The Southern States Conference Tournament is one bid from Hank Aaron Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. In 2021, William Carey defeated Faulkner 11-7. Cody, this is eight teams. The one seed is Faulkner. The two seed is Loyola. The three seed is William Carey. The four seed is Bruton Parker. The five seed is Middle Georgia State. The six seed is Mobile. Seven seed is Blue Mountain. And eight is Talladega. Speaking of Talladega, you might be able to say his name better than me. I want to give a shout-out to Miguel Oropeza. I don't know if I'm saying that right, O-R-O-P-Z-A, but 464 average. He was hitting over 500 like all season, came down a little bit late playing some of the tougher teams, but finishes the year hitting 460-plus, five home runs, 46 RBIs. I spoke with a coach at Fogger and told me he was really good, hard to get out, uh, not just like flaky singles either. Like He's a really good hitter, so shout-out to Miguel uh, over at Talladega doing really, really well. I'm going to take Faulkner. I think they're the best team. This is actually the first Faulkner team Everyone's been so hard on Faulkner this year. It's like, this is the first Faulkner team to not drop a conference series in their program's history. They won every single conference series this year. Now, granted, I think the conference is down a little bit. I think mm-hmm. that plays a role. But give me Faulkner. Yuli Sosa, the best pitcher in the conference. Sean Ross, best player in the conference. Uh, give me the Eagles. Cody, does this feel like a one-bid league to you this season? You know, it's one of those things where you're asking me what I think, what I, what I feel they deserve, or like what do I feel is going to happen. I don't think it's going to be a one-bid league. Let's put it that way. I think that they will come down to – I think there's a chance that they get another team in. I think there's a chance they sneak in a middle Georgia or a William Carey, especially depending on how those two play this week. You know, is it a one-bid league in the sense that there's only one team in this whole conference rank? And that's mm-hmm. very rare. And that's very rare. And now we know we don't go off the top 25 pool. You know, Bochip, Art, all that plays a role. When you look at Faulkner, became unranked earlier in the season. People thought Faulkner wasn't good earlier in the season. So I don't know. You know, I feel like even if Faulkner's a step down, I feel like everyone else is a step down. I feel like Middle Georgia's good this year, but this isn't one of Middle Georgia's best teams. This isn't Loyola of last season, and this isn't William Carey of a couple of years. I just don't. You know, I, I like Faulkner's chances to go out there and get the job done. I think the only way I can see Faulkner stumbling in this tournament is if they lose the first start and Yuli Sosa doesn't throw. Other than that, if they win the 1-0 game and then Yuli Sosa's throwing in the 2-0 game, it's a wrap. So give me Faulkner. Yeah, I just think that this is typically a top-five conference in the nation, and this year it doesn't feel that way. It does feel down, and so that'll be something interesting to watch. Cody, 
The Sun Conference is one bid, which is a travesty and a crime against humanity. This will take place from the ballpark of the Palm Beaches in West Palm Beach, Florida. And in 2021, Southeastern University defeated USCB 16-4 to in the conference title game. Six teams are in this tournament. The one seed is SEU. They are 47-3. and The two seed is St. Thomas at 35-15. and The three seed is Warner, who is 40-14. and The four seed is Kaiser, who is 33-18. and The fifth seed is Weber International, who is 37-17. and And the sixth seed is USCB at 26 and 25 what do you got for the sun conference well i think it's going to be absolutely incredible i think like the gsac you just get excited to watch it every single matchup is good you know what i mean that's my thing that excited me on monday with the gsac tournament is man like this is our worst matchup of the day right here this is a good game and i think you get that feeling when you have the sun conference tournament i mean you're literally watching nationally ranked teams play each other all day i mean how fun is that it's uh, great it's i've great been tournament. there yeah, you have. I've listened to you call that tournament. Uh, it's a, it's fun, man. It's, it's good stuff. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think Southeastern is the best team, best team in the nation right now. Uh, just too much depth, especially offensively. Uh, give me Southeastern to win the tournament because, as we saw last year, they drop a game, they come all the way back around, they double dip on USCB, and they, they still take the title. I'm taking Southeastern, um, but it's going to be fun, man. This is one of those where if Southeastern doesn't win the tournament, am I going to be surprised? No, because they're playing a gauntlet of really, really, really good teams. I mean, you look at St. Thomas as a team and got their Weber and Warner. So many teams in this conference are making the opening round. What do you have as a five-team league, right? I mean, it's got to be a five-team league, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. what it comes down to, is it a four-team league or a five-team league? That's that's what it comes down to. So you get the one champion. Uh, you have uh, one team hosting in St. Thomas. I think Warner is in. I think Southeastern's in, obviously. St. Thomas clearly in. Uh, Weber has sputtered as of late, and they've kind of come up here. Uh, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with with Weber. I, I was not. Expe- I was expecting them to finish a little bit stronger. The biggest mystery to me is Kaiser, who has dropped some games in the middle of the year that were just absolutely baffling to us. Um, they have probably the best player in the conference uh, at Kaiser. It'll be really interesting to see what happens overall with them. To me, they're the biggest question mark. I know that they finished fourth. They had a big series win uh, against Southeastern. Uh, you know, they they got swept by St. Thomas. I mean, just really hot and cold at points this year. But in my opinion, Cody, when it all comes down to it, I think that this is either a four-bid or a five-bid league. There is no other way around it. You know, a couple of years ago, we'd be wondering if, if there was such thing as a four-bid league at this level. And now we're talking about a five-bid league at this it's- level. It's got to be a five-bit league, man. You look at Weber. They went on the road, and they swept all three at Faulkner on the road in Montgomery. And then they took a game off Gwinnett where Poyle went in that series. They had the better pitching matchup the next day. Um, Kaiser took a series off Southeastern. No one else went. I just don't see it. You look at Kaiser and Weber, and you're telling me that you don't think they're deserving. They're not one of the better teams in the country. And like we say this all the time. Kaiser and Weber would win other conferences. Like, I mean, it's like people don't like we can say that and people won't believe it, and that's fine. You don't have to believe it. I'm just telling you it's true. Like Kaiser and Weber could go out there and win some of these other conferences. And it's just a fact. And uh, I mean, so I just think that it's gotta these five teams gotta go. They have to be in the tournament. Right. So I, I 100% agree with your sentiment there. I'm I mean, I'm one thousand percent behind that. The problem is going to be for Kaiser is if they're a team that does not have a good showing in this tournament, 
what's going to happen is is that you're going to have every team from the WAC that that you know that whoever is representing the WAC or whoever's on the committee from the WAC or you know another conference that beat them in a midweek that's going to be holding up a no hitter. It's going to be holding up a loss to uh, what was it? Did they they dropped a game to Roosevelt? I think. Um, you know, they're going to be holding up some of those midweek matchups or weekend matchups, you know, spring break matchups that they're going to be holding up those games and saying, this is your, your, you know, your fifth team or your fourth team out of the sun conference. Uh, but you look at their in-conference resume and their in-conference work and it's really good. And they have a, just an absolutely dynamite player who has done nothing but great things, uh, you know, in his time at KU It'll be really interesting uh, to see for what happens overall as far as uh, with this conference. I'm 100% behind you. I think you put Kaiser in another conference. You put Weber in another conference for the full season. You're not playing them in a one-game matchup or anything like that. You put them in there for the full season, and it is going to get ugly, and it'll get ugly in a hurry um, just because this is it, – it's, it's really just – very competitive baseball. I love the Sun Conference. I love the tournament. Uh, a lot of coaches in this conference will tell you it's harder to win the tournament than to win an opening round. That doesn't mean that the, the you know uh, the strategy is different or anything. It's just the overall number of games that you have to play. Constantly seeing ranked opponents every single day. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I'm really excited about it. And uh, I, I think, Cody, that that this is going to be a great tournament. This is one of my favorite ones every single year. And the ballpark is absolutely fantastic. I mean, you get to play at the spring training home of of the 2017 World Series champion Houston Astros, uh, you know, the 2019 World Series champion uh, Washington Nationals as well. You know, it, it is the newest spring training facility in all of Major League Baseball. It is a beautiful ballpark in uh, wonderful West Palm Beach, Florida. So it is going to be a really great tournament to watch uh, i used to live down the street from that ballpark and it is just i mean it's it's incredible I, it's my favorite place in the month of march it was my favorite place to be cody last but not least it is the wolverine hoosier athletic conference tournament it is two bids and one of them has already been secured by northwestern ohio who is the conference regular season champion the second bid the second bid will go to the conference tournament champion or runner up this is higher seed hosts, and in 2021, Uno defeated Madonna by a score of two to one. So it's six teams at Lawrence Tech will be the two seed Lawrence Tech, the host, at 26 and 18, the three seed Madonna, 23 and 10, and the four seed Cornerstone at 23 and 18. At Northwestern Ohio, who went 32 and 11, will be the fifth seed Indiana Tech at 31 and 19, and the sixth seed Concordia Ann Arbor at 34 and 18 quick thoughts on the Wolverine Hoosier athletic and who joins Uno in the uh, national tournament. Yeah. So this one's going to be super tough, man. This one's a tough one to call. So like Uno just dropped a double header to Indiana tech literally this past weekend. I don't like it to happen twice though. They're going to come out ready to play for this conference tournament. Give me Uno to win their pod. Give me Lawrence tech to win their pod. Michigan Slayers. I like Lawrence tech would not be surprised at all. Though if Madonna was to win that. Jason Mackin for Madonna's been sensational this season. But give me to run chalker. Give me Lawrence Tech to punch. And if I correct me if I'm wrong, but that would be their first ticket ever to the opening round. And that would be pretty special stuff. That would be something that would be special because it would be 
Um, this is a team that's that's you know been really good since they made their appearance. You know, as as far as being competitive goes, they've had some up and down seasons, uh, but they've for the large part been competitive. I mean, they beat Michigan a few years ago. Uh, I do like what you said. I think it's Uno in the first pod. I like their opportunities there. Uh, I could see Madonna. Uh, Cornerstone, I think, had a really good start to the year and, and you know, uh, has some big wins. I mean, they got a win over Kaiser. They've got a no-hitter over Kaiser. Um, but I, I definitely like Lawrence Tech. I think that that the opportunity to make some school history there is something that's really cool to get to the national tournament and to represent your school and your community in the national tournament would be really good. I, I like chalk, but my dark horse, I guess if you want to say as a three seed is Madonna in that one. So Cody, that concludes every single conference tournament rundown. Um, it is one of our longer shows of the year, but it is also one of our favorite shows of the year. What do we have left this season, Cody? Well, it's just uh, the opening round preview, the world series preview, and then our awards wrap up at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for our final couple of shows. I'm excited for tournament baseball. I'm excited for Vanguard Westmont once again in an hour. Super pumped for that. And uh, yeah, man, excited to get into it. Yeah, I, I fully am am excited for what's what's to come the rest of the year. And 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 man, we've got the best part of the year. You know, we love conference tournament time. It's really cool. I love that I can turn on NAI baseball at any point during the day, uh, not just uh, after one o'clock Central Standard Time. I love that I can turn it on at, at 10 a.m. Um, on top of that, man, just the opening round tournament is our favorite time of the year. When it comes to the opening round time, uh, what we will have, Cody, for you most likely is the selection show is the 12th. I would say that you can really you can expect our opening round uh, preview to come that weekend before the opening round starts on the 16th, I believe you would find that that correct. Yeah, if we drop the show next Wednesday, we can get wild with our predictions. I bet Tennessee Wesley is going to go three. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we'll probably have to drop that before next Wednesday. Yeah, so if we take a little bit uh, longer of a hiatus there uh, with, with the show, that's likely because the selection show is on the 12th. Uh, we would try to pump that out later in the week just to give you our opening round breakdown, our opening round rundown, and what where we see happening and what we see from around the nation. We Cody, any spaces? Oh, yeah. Sorry, no, 100% on selection night, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. Well, that's that's the other thing I was going to get into, and I hate to make the show longer uh, for our poor editor. But, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like we will likely on selection night do a spaces. Uh, we will likely do a Spaces Wednesday leading up to Selection Night talking about who's on the bubble, uh, who we have in, who we have out. We'll have a better idea as conference tournaments come to an end. They've got to finish on, uh, I want to say, no later than the uh, – they can't go longer than the 11th, I don't think. Uh, so, you know, that's got to be all wrapped up. On top of that, Cody, during the opening round tournament, I mean, you can pretty much expect us to go live on either Instagram Live or on Twitter Spaces every single night to talk about scores and wrap up the day uh, or at least what's going on. It's something that we will also do during the World Series. But during the opening round tournament, I mean, we are going to be coming at you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, full freaking bore with coverage. Uh, One of the things Connor is going to go out somewhere, and one of the things I had somebody ask me was, are are y'all going somewhere to to watch that? And it's like no, uh, 
it's like, no, you know, we've got 10 sites, you know, Connor going out there, getting some photos, doing, doing good work. You and I will be 1000% locked in with multiple screens, uh, you know, watching 10 different sites happen uh, throughout the national tournament. 100%. Once I got out of school and I took off my Gwinnett blinders, honestly, like it's fun to like, just watch all the different, and I feel like more detached to Gwinnett than I ever have before. And nothing to do with anyone at Gwinnett, but just being so far removed from school, being so far deep in the NAI ball now, I get just as excited over Doan and McPherson and Ottawa as I do Gwinnett now. And that's, you know, credit to me, credit to the quality of talent we have in this league and just being excited for every single bracket. I'm with you. Like, I'm, I'm with you. I'd rather watch every different stream across the country and watch all these tournaments play out than go in, to go to one field and watch one bracket play out. For 100%. Yeah, man. I mean, and, and that's coming from somebody, you know, I do have uh, somewhat of a connection to Kaiser um, just because I did go there for a semester and, and work there and, and coach there. Uh, but my school doesn't exist anymore. You know, uh, I don't, I don't have a school. Those of you who are going through that, like I 100% feel you there. Like it sucks. It's, it does. There's no other better word. It sucks. Uh, but on top of that, you know, I do have really close connections to Loyola and I would be shunned if I said that I would ever root for, uh, Texas Wesleyan, although we do want Garza to do very well every single season. It's just, you know, I posted a Texas Wesleyan hat on my, uh, Snapchat story one time and I had death threats, you know, uh, some rivalries just never die and that's the way it should be. Uh, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that, um, I, I love what we're doing, man. We love NAI ball. Thank y'all also. Thank you for 30,000. I mean, what an incredible accomplishment and a feat. And really, at the end of the day, it, it's not for us. It's for y'all and, and the opportunity. We, you know, we love what we do here. It ke- This keeps Cody and I sane. You know, there's some weeks that, that we're like, all right, you know, we got to do this. And then there are weeks like, like this week where it's like we get to do this. How freaking fortunate are we? You know, and there's some weeks where we have to pick ourselves up, drink a Red Bull, and get after it. And then there's some weeks like this where I've literally been texting you since nine this morning that how, how pumped I am for this show. Uh, we do, we do this for the greater good for this level, for our sport, for the people around us who, you know, you, you know, didn't have what, what didn't have, we didn't have that when I was playing, when I was at Northwood, we didn't have that. We barely had radio. when I was a junior, uh, there was no video, you know, if my parents wanted to know what was going on, they, they had to, I had to call them. They had to wait for me to call them. So now we have comprehensive national coverage that's deeper than so many other teams for you know, so many other leagues from around the nation, you know, and what's going on here is uniquely covered. It doesn't matter what the D one baseball podcast does or what any other podcast does or wants to talk about, or if they want to cover this level or not. If you want the best coverage, if you want to care about people who are only focused on what you're doing day in day out, this is the place for it. And we're the people for it. And, and we're super fortunate. I mean, Cody is the creator of this. There's no any eyeball without him. And I'm sure he's just as, as well flabbergasted at, at 30,000 followers. 100% man. I could not be more thankful. I I mean, yeah, we're really just super grateful for it overall. But Cody, man, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, Really great show. Really excited for the next one as well. That's just something to keep your mind on in case we do not drop on Wednesday as normal. And it is a Twitter spaces instead. Keep an eye on that as well. You can follow 
us on all of your social media for all of your new stat scores and information and to follow Cody as well. It is at NAI Ball on Twitter and Instagram. So that'll do it for us. I'm the host of the NAI Ball podcast, Robbie Gutierrez, at RobG1063, if you want to talk some baseball with me. Until next time, for Connor Darnell, for Cody Butler, and for myself, we hope you have a great day and even better tomorrow. And we will talk to you soon. It's postseason time, baby.